What is going on, everybody? Welcome into another edition of the Daily Energy News Beat Stand Up here on this gorgeous Thursday, July 13th, 2023. As always, I am your humble correspondent, Michael Tanner, coming to you from an undisclosed location here in Dallas, Texas, joined by the executive producer of the show, the purveyor of the show, and the director and publisher of the world's greatest website, energynewsbeat.com. Stuart Turley, my man, how are we doing today? It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood, and it's hot. It is really hot. I was looking at it, the weather forecast. I mean, it's really supposed we're supposed to have two weeks. This is supposed to be some of the worst uh, heat for the South, specifically the Southwest. If you're in Phoenix right now, you're getting absolutely pounded. It's 120. Um, but I am slowly dying on the inside. Um, but I'm crawling my way to the desk every day, guys, to deliver you the energy news. Stu has a great menu lined up. First up, Africa's energy poverty, dwindling forest, high power costs, worsening energy security, specifically in Sierra Leone. So Stu will dive into what's going on over there. Next up, this is an exclusive big batteries likely powered by high emitting gas under Ontario grid plan in a move everybody saw coming. Next up, um, this is from our favorite random guy on Substack, David Blackman, quote, Biden is spreading around green subsidies like a Vegas gambler. So this would be a, a nice opinion piece um, from David. Next up, this high-speed train could be the first to be powered entirely by renewables energy. This seems awesome. Um, so Stu will cover what that. And then we will finish up with the EIA's new short-term energy outlook. Um, I've got my take. Stu's got his take. Um, he'll toss it over to me. I'll cover really what's uh, a bullish day for oil prices. We're up to 75.85 as we record this. We saw 76 uh, earlier throughout the day, um, but settling here, 75.80, which is great. EIA drops a storage build, which doesn't even seem to affect. So uh, very interesting. You know, we, we know what's driving prices, but I will cover all of that and a bag of chips, guys, um, towards the end. But first, as always, check us out online, world's greatest website, www.energynewsbeat.com. If I was a 16-year-old YouTuber, I would say go to YouTube and smash that like button. You don't have to, but go check us out on YouTube. Subscribe. Really like to push those YouTube numbers. We push this show out in a video format every single day. So go check us out, YouTube, um, at Energy Newsbeat. Um, give us a subscribe. Stu does a great job of curating energynewsbeat.com to make sure it stays up to speed with everything you need to know. The description below is going to have all of your stories and all the timestamps. Team does a great job of curating that. Go to our website, um, dashboard.energynewsbeat.com. You can sign up for our V2 application there. Um, we are definitely going to be throwing that original version behind a paywall. So we hope you guys get that um, signed up. I'm out of the breath, though, Stu. Where do you want to begin? Hey, let's start in Africa. And you know, I have a real bone to pick with people that are picking on Africa. Yes, Africa's sir. energy poverty, dwindling forests and high power costs worsening for energy security in Sierra Leone. I'll tell you, this one drives me nuts. We have COP28 coming up. We have all these others and you have the G7 telling Africa how to do a energy plan. Mm -hmm. This one drives me nuts. Listen to some of these numbers, Michael. Okay. Over 72% of the country has no access to electricity nice. and 99.2% depend on unclean cooking fuel. <sighs> Energy Progress Report 2023, Intergovernor Organizational in the IEA. My buddy's over at the IEA. In Our this, favorite data analysts. Uh, okay. 
Overdependence on firewood has led to rampant deforestation in the country. Now the locals are restricted from accessing the remaining woods because of a logging company. About a decade ago, this is a quote out of there from Fula, uh, a decade ago, even my child could fetch fuel wood from the backyard, but now I find it difficult to get. The chore of fetching wood is mostly delegated to women who travel long distances in in numbers for safety. And further around, she says, we can barely get food. We cannot afford to buy charcoal. Her family lives of eight lives depend on substance farming. Here's, Here's where it drives me nuts. Give it to me. They've got natural gas. Okay, if we gave them $5 billion, let's say there's $5 billion, pipelines, natural gas, you could probably put everybody in the whole thing on electricity. I mean, it, yeah. whatever the number is, but it, I, I, why are they borrowing money to put in renewables? Well, here's That's, my thing. I think, I think it's, it's too simple to say, throw money at the problem. And it's going to get fixed, run pipelines. You have to figure out a way to get, as you would say, the lowest kilowatt energy to these people, but they can That's be sustained right. going forward. That's exactly the key sustained going forward. It's not just coming and dump, dump a bunch of solar panels and right. they'll, they'll crap out in nine years. And then these people are back in the same situation. They were five, uh, nine years before of going to collect firewood or run a bunch of pipelines that nobody knows how to maintain. The first time one of them breaks, guess what? You've got now got a natural gas bomb down downwind. Well, I mean, dead serious. Easy. Okay, here's the thing though. The there's a ten million dollar project for solar. In the uh, ten million is supposed to put some five hundred thousand Sierra Leoneans uh, in mm-hmm. renewable energy. Um, ten million for grid and solar panels and solar panels, as we do know. Um, unless there's uh, recycling going on, it's going to be brutal on their environment. I think the key is reliability, though. Get them the cheapest, cheap, most cheapest reliable, reliable source of energy. And the question it. is, you know, it's probably a thermal power plant. We probably we, we probably know the answer. Yes. But, uh, you know, having the World Bank loan them money and then hold them hostage for renewables when another source would be better. Anyway, yeah, that's not good. What's next? Uh, let's go around. I'm feeling a little better on uh, this one. Big batteries likely powered by high emitting gas under Ontario grid plant. This one's kind of interesting. Uh, I want to let everybody know I don't care what power source we use. I don't care. Wind, solar, nuclear, oil and gas. Now, yeah, Mike Michael's banging his head on the mic, just going, shut up, Stuart. Now, here's the thing. Weeks after Ontario's independent electric system operator, IESO, unveiled the biggest battery storage procurement in Canadian history, persistent questions remain. (laughs) How's it going to be powered? Uh, Well, it's natural gas. The IESO moves ahead to add 1,500 megawatts of new natural gas fire generating capacity of four existing generation stations. Canada's cold, dude. Natural gas actually is not a bad thing. I don't have a problem with this. Yeah, yeah. And um, it's actually cheap. It's better for the environment in order to use natural gas instead of coal. 
I mean, I think it's, I think it's, it's, it's pretty interesting. The, the second order effects, great. You've got battery storage. Well, what type of energy are you putting in there? Uh, it's like in that, uh, it was that Michael Moore documentary when they were, they, they were, oh, touting, yes. they were touting how much, um, they, they were touting how clean there is. But, but when you go to the electrical provider, you find out that 98% of their generation comes through coal. And it's like, well, well, well what are we doing here if we're just rolling yeah. out charging stations? But what the electric that's going into those charging stations is coming from coal. It's the same thing here. Right. And uh, this is kind of funny. Um, the heavier reliance on emissions and heavy gas, 70 percent in 2023, 74 in 2024 and 91 percent in 2027. So you sit back and kind of go, they have to go to that. And so I got tickled at this one. I like storage. Here's the one catch, Michael. If you can put in storage of massive sizes with the batteries recyclable, I'm in. I'm in. I'm not in if you can't recycle those batteries. There's only okay. one company that I know does that. Oh, are you plugging? I'm plugging for them. Fry, baby. Oh, fry fry batteries? Fry batteries. I still love my talk with Tom. I mean, he was a good dude. Cool. Okay. What's next? Oh, let's cover David Blackman. We got to love David Blackman. Woo! Biden is spreading around green subsidies like a Vegas gambler. This one was really pretty funny. I talked to David about this this morning. Reuters, Reuters uh, reported uh, a project on Monday, a new low carbon ammonia manufacturing facility being built in Texas by a Dutch company, OCI, with an initial investment of one billion. OCI builds the plant as the first in the world that will capture and store 95% of the emissions created from the making of ammonia. Uh, mm -hmm. Great. Well, what are you going to do with it? Yeah. I mean, if, if you didn't realize that subsidies were that the only reason a lot of this stuff is getting built because of the subsidies, well, wake up. The subsidies are there to be grabbed and OCI is grabbing them. That's a straight quote out from L. Hushy. <laughs> I love this quote down at the bottom, but billions of dollars of subsidies for green innovations of all sorts for battery backing capacity for mining lithium and other minerals and for purchasing EVs are all in place. Thus, rent seeking companies love a good economics throw in there. Rent seeking companies are going to cash out on the rents that are available, betting that the rest of the necessary equation will work itself out. Yep. The real question is, it probably won't work itself out. Well, they don't even have an order. They don't have any customers. They don't. This is a really not so good business model. Nope, All not right. a great business model. All right, what's next with the high-speed trains? Oh, let's go to California. It was one step. It's about five inches away from Germany. So right. <laughs> politically. So when you sit back and kind of go, this article is a hoot. Michael, Holtz, get ready. We're ready okay. to go on the train. I'm ready. This high-speed train could be the first to be powered entirely by renewable energy. It's pretty exciting, isn't it? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Let's go through some... I'm so excited. Oh, Tell me yeah. more, California High-Speed Rail Authority. Uh, this high-speed train connecting uh, 1,200 kilometers of the state is called a bullet train that is both one of the most expensive per mile and one of the slowest in the world, Elon Musk said. It was supposed to be a new transport and it started in 2008 and it was supposed to have an original price tag of 33 billion and it was supposed to open in 2020 
in 2023, the system is nowhere near finished and has racked up 19.8 billion so far with an estimated, Michael, are you ready for the drum roll? Yeah. yeah 28 I, billion to finish it. Oh, <laughs> billion to finish? Yeah. What is that? 19? That's holy small. 150 billion? It, oh, they get all that they deserve. Oh, they do. And uh, last month, after 15 years of its initial approval, the California Highway High Speed Rail Authority announced that new system would be now fully solar powered, leaning on its initial promise as an environmentally friendly and alternative to highways. Michael, if they've taken 15 years and they're 7,000% over budget, do you think they're really going to power this thing? Later on down in here, it says the high speed trains will have, uh, let's go through some of those numbers. They will have batteries in case the solar or wind fails while the train is going down the track. No, I mean, what what do batteries do, Michael? They're going to explode. You're going to literally be on this train and then you're going to end up on fire. They weigh a lot inertia. So not only is this thing going to be a bullet train, it's going to go through 17 states on the way to Mexico if it can't stop. Unbelievable. (laughs) Anyway, I'm sorry. This just got, we knew we'd have a funding gap ever since the project started. Well, I know what I know is this. The earlier we build it, the cheaper it will be. That is IR guy of the week right there, baby. Yeah, that is IR. We just build it now. It's going to be the cheapest it'll ever be. (laughs) I'm going to start using that excuse with my bank. Uh, Yeah, no. Got to buy it now. Hey, on this next uh, short-term energy outlook, I was looking at this and I got some questions for you. Um, First off, explain to the people what this is. The short-term energy outlook is put out by the EIA. They normally go out and they take a look at data. They look at stock. They look at usage, demand, and then they even throw out some prices in there and try to take a look at making a stab at where prices are. And the U.S. economy assumes a GDP growth of 1.5 in uh, 2023 and a 1.3 in 2024. So you can see that they're still not. That's that's for our listeners. That's what they're typically looking at. Crude oil prices, Michael, this is where I want to ask you on this natural gas and some other stuff. They are predicting that spot price Brent crude will be 78 per barrel in July. Okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, crude prices will increase to $80 a barrel in Q4 and then averaging about 84 in 2024. Here's the gotcha. Because we expect that global inventories will decline over the next five quarters. Interesting. I mean, they're clearly not as bullish as the IEA. They're clearly not Goldman. They're not getting any calls from Goldman Sachs to line up. Um, You know, for once, you can't doubt for once the EIA. Hey, maybe you're doing a decent job because this seems to be more like. Uh, I would agree. But it just since they were fudging numbers, you know, I, I was just kind of wondering, I what do you hey, make? It's a fudge that? here. It's a fudge there. This time it's fudged in our favor. Yeah, I, I don't know, though. I still think that there's enough shortage of oil coming around. I think it's going to be higher than that. And I am going back to the bull. So, they do see a 2.3% increase of coal consumption, though, or U.S. coal production, though. Right. 
natural gas consumption. They have, they have up or down. They have up then down in 2024, 34.5. Then in 2023, right. then down to 33.5. Interesting. Yeah. LNG exports up renewable diesel production up electrical power sector generation from coal, 6% drop. Um, it's an interesting number. Renewable diesel. Boy, they're really putting that number out there. Previous, they're now upping it. Renewable diesel. It's like renewable nuclear. Yeah. It's like safe nuclear. Liquid nuclear that we're going to put into our cars. That was an article when you were you were gone one day and we ran an article on liquid nuclear. And I was like, yeah, there's a fat chance I'm putting that in my car. It's oh, drag no. me kicking and screaming to pour nuclear stuff into my tank. Yeah, I'm good. Increasing, I, I think this is probably interesting. You had a good catch there on the increasing the coal. That is interesting. Yeah, just we're uh, 572.2 million short tons U.S. coal. Woo! Woo! A wow. big number. All right, dude. Well, I'm, I'm curious. Uh, what I'd like to do is give a shout out to our listeners and have them. If you've got any uh, oil predictions, we sure want to hear from you. Yeah. Questions at energynewsbeat.com. Um, oil prices as we stand today, guys, 75, as I mentioned, 89. Uh, mainly what we saw today was a reaction to lighter than expected inflation data. We also saw a little bit of a drop in consumer prices, um, but specifically that U.S. inflation data printing a 0.2, considering um, what it was uh, expected. Street comes out and then go ahead and reacts and says, okay, well, the Fed may not be so keen to raise rates, which is obviously going to be bullish for oil and, and oil prices. We did see the dollar drop about 1% today, um, which again, leads to a large increase. I think an interesting quote here out of PVM. Um, this is Tomas Vargas, quote, the oil balance gets tighter either way when supply gets downgraded or demand is revised up. If both happens at the same time, the change can be seismic. Again, this is according, this is uh, his interpretation of the IEA short-term energy outlook, which we just covered and specifically what's going on with the IEA coming out and, and, and again, having a little bit more of a uh, report um, pointing to market tightening similar to the EIA. So they're, they're, they're on the same Zoom calls as everybody else. The EIA, we did come out and drop uh, US crude oil storage up 5.9 million barrels. Uh, the API projected uh, a rise of about 3.3. So this is about 2 million barrels more than expected. But as we see on the, if you're looking at oil prices, it, it's done absolutely nothing to stop the rampant increase. Again, we're up about two, three percentage points today. Um, I think I can see I think we continue to see that for the week. I mean, Stu, at this pace, seventy-seven, seventy-eight dollars is 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 not is not unlikely on the end of this week. I think it'll be interesting to see what happens. You know, again, I excuse me, not the end of this week, end of next week. Um, I think you know it'll be interesting to see what happens these next two days. But I think you've got you've got you've got five six trading days till you might you might maybe see a pop to seventy-nine dollars um, on the WTI side, which means Brent sitting somewhere eighty-four, eighty-five dollars. Um, we will see though. Um, that's really all I've got, Stu. I think, you know, obviously with the bullish uh, oil price, I think you're going to start seeing a pickup in M&A deals. Um, specifically, you saw Sandridge announced they had a little $11 million deal for about 500 BOE, um, which isn't horrible. But hey, if, 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 if you're tacking on, you're tacking on. I do think with these higher oil prices, M&As will start kicking up as companies look to spend some of that cash. Oh, that'd be great. It would be great. Someone could buy us out. We're on the we're on the M and A market, so trust me. Um, Stu, you got anything else for today? Nah, everybody's gonna have a great day tomorrow. Stay out of the heat. Yes, guys. Uh, our weekly recap will be tomorrow, so uh, you tune in for that. This, the team does a great job. Um, we appreciate you guys checking us out here, world's greatest website. We'll be checking in with you on Monday, recapping what happened over the weekend. See you guys.